You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And today we're looking at the fact that he's talking about making vows or promises. And I'm just going to read 33 to 37 of Matthew chapter 5, and then we'll speak to it. Again, you have heard that it has been said of old that you shall not forswear yourself or perform uh, the Lord with oaths. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. You shall not swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. So let your communications be either yes or no, for whatever is more than that is coming into sin or evil. What on earth is Jesus talking about? Seems double Dutch, doesn't it? Especially when you read it from the old translation. But what the people were doing, in the Old Testament it said, if you're going to make an oath, make it to God. But they began to water it down. <clears throat> the Ten Commandments, by the time Jesus came along, there were over 700 commandments. Adding to it, adding to it, and adding to it, and adding to it. And so Jesus now is going to, he's talked about anger, he's talked about divorce, he's talked about all these things, and now he's going to talk about oaths, or, or vows, or promises. You see, what they were doing is that they were watering it down and then not carrying it out. In other words, they were actually lying to everybody. If you jump over to Matthew chapter 23, Jesus really comes in on this, and you see that he, um, he addresses the religious leaders of the day. And 23 from 16 down to 22, he talks about this very subject. I'm not going to read it, but I encourage you to read it later. And uh, he, he calls them a, a bunch of hypocrites, they're blind, they're fools, and he just goes through one thing after another, after another, after another. Because he's getting really angry with them that they are not teaching the people the truth. They're watering it down and really lying to them. So he wants them to know what is truth. And so that's going to be the topic that I want us to speak about this morning. What is truth? In today's society, that has been watered down too, hasn't it? You look at our government, you look at the judicial systems, you, you look about in the community, truth is just not there any longer. It's just been watered down to absolutely nothing. So what is truth? That question was asked way back when Pilate had Jesus in front of him. And, and Pilate asked the question, what is truth? And Jesus began to answer it, but Pilate wasn't interested in hearing the answer. And it's come right down through all the centuries to today. What is truth? Jesus, when speaking to the Jewish people in John chapter 8, he said to them, I am the truth. And then he went on to say, and the truth shall set you free. The Jewish people got upset about that. They said, we're not slaves. What are you talking about? How can we be free? We're already free. And Jesus said, no, you're not. Because if you've sinned, you are a slave to sin. 
You think about that. I teach grade one RE every, every Thursday. And I like getting them when they first come. Now, eyes are big because I'm a visitor there. And, and I usually say to them something like this. Hands up all those of you who have never done anything wrong. And the little hands go up. And I know, and the teachers know, and the parents know, that they have done something wrong. My oldest granddaughter, who's now three, the first word she learnt to say was, No! No one taught her that. She knew how to say it. Because, you see, we've got a bias, haven't we, to do the wrong thing. When you bowl the, the ball down the green, there's a bias to go one way or the other. You've got to know how to use that bias. And every one of us are sinners. And Jesus said, I am the truth, and I've come to set you free. Paul, when writing to the Romans in Romans chapter 7, he talks about this battle that's happening inside him. He says, you know, I, I want to do the right thing, but I don't. And I don't want to do the wrong thing, but I do it anyway. And it's this battle going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and he eventually says, what am I going to do? Woe is me. Look at me. I, can, I can't do it. But when you come to chapter 8, verse 1, he says, Now there is no condemnation to those who are in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is the one who sets us free. Jesus said, I am the truth. And so we're going to think about that this morning. What is truth? And I've got a few things to, to talk about it, uh, to bring up on the screen in a moment. Jesus, when he was praying for his disciples in John chapter 17, we often say that the Lord's Prayer is, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's not really the Lord's Prayer. That's the model that Jesus gave to us. The Lord's Prayer is in John 17, where he prays for the disciples and he prays for us. How about that? He says, Lord, I pray for those who will follow these disciples and who will learn the message. He prayed for us. And as he was praying for them, he said words to this effect. Listen to this. He said, uh, Lord, you... Uh, let me just get the words correctly. He said, Lord, I want you to bless them with your Holy Spirit, which is truth, and also my word, which is truth. And he's referring to the Bible. This is his word. This is the manual for us to be able to live our life by. This does not contain the word of God. It is the word of God. Paul writing to Timothy said, all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I believe everything in here is what God wants us to know. He wants us to know the truth and for us to know that truth, we need to come to that. But I want us to, to look at these things. Truth is divine. In other words, it, it comes from above. God gives us the truth. It's from above. It's not of the world. It doesn't matter what man has to say. It's what God says. Now that's important to know when we come to God. Because the world says there's many ways to come to God. No, there isn't. 
The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That's the truth. It doesn't matter what we say. You know, we're coming close to Easter in a, in a few weeks. And uh, I remember last year I heard a few ministers saying, well, you know, Jesus didn't really die anyway. And I thought, what? And then they go on to say, well, he wasn't born of a virgin. Now, if Jesus, didn't, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, we might as well pack up shop and go home right now. Because Jesus being born of a virgin, he came into this world without sin. As we've already said, we, we have sin in our lives. And if Jesus was born through Mary in the normal way of Joseph and Mary coming together, then Jesus inherited sin. But because he was born of a virgin, he came into this world free of sin so then he could go to the cross for us. That's the truth. So we need to work on the truth. But the second thing is that truth is absolute. It doesn't change. Without God, there is no absolutes. Truth becomes, if, you have, if, you, if it's without absolutes, truth becomes subjective, relative and pragmatic. And then it's more personal and culture preferences. In other words, if we break truth down, then we, we haven't got truth, have we? It's absolute. Let me use a couple of laws uh, within our society. The law of gravity says that what goes up must come down. When I was growing up as a, as a little boy, I had some older brothers who, who thought they could fly. And they, one boy jumped out of a tree and he started flapping his arms. Boom! The law of gravity came into effect. You see, we might say, well, I don't really believe that. Well, that's okay. You can not believe it. But I, I don't want you to get on top of a building and jumping off because, unless you've got a parachute or something because the law of gravity is going to come into effect. It's absolute. In maths, one plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Now, you know, at school, I think I said one plus one equals three. And I got it wrong because one plus one is two. It's an absolute law. You can't change that. And truth is absolute. You can't change it. It's there. Truth is singular. In other words, you can't add to it or take away from it. When Paul started the missionary journeys, and he went into, uh, into Galatia and he preached the gospel and he, and he formed a Christian church. And then some people from Jerusalem came down to those new Christians and said to them, yes, Jesus died for you, yes, you need him, but guess what, you need this as well. And they tried to lay the Jewish law on them. They had to be circumcised, they had to do this, they had to do that to be saved. No, it's singular. Truth is truth. Jesus came and he died for us. We can't add to it, we can't take away from it. Truth. It does not exist in bits and pieces. Truth is objective. It's important. It is impartial, unbiased and unprejudiced. It speaks to all people in all places 
and it always means the same. And isn't led by the crowd. Isn't that good? Not led by the crowd. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to celebrate Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday is a day when, as you know, Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on that donkey. And all the people praised God and celebrated and said, Great, thank you God for this man. Within a week, that crowd was saying, Crucify him, put him down. The crowd made a decision. Truth doesn't listen to the crowd. Truth is not impartial. There it is. You know, other nations might say, well, and other religions might say, well, there's many ways to come to God. No, there isn't. We've already said that in John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So it is objective. Truth never changes. <laughs> Our culture does, doesn't it? I've been marrying young people for over 40 years now. I've got more than one wife. No, I haven't. I, and when I first started doing weddings, they usually came from two different addresses. Very rare to have the one address. Today, it's very rare to have two addresses because they've come together and they're living in a de facto relationship. The Bible says the truth is that marriage is honourable before God. But sex before marriage is not honourable. I didn't say that. The Bible says that. God says that. That's the truth. And that doesn't change. That doesn't matter what our culture does. That doesn't change. You see, here in Australia, if two, if two people come together and live together for six months, their class is married. They haven't gone through a marriage service because they're living together, they're now married. The Bible doesn't say that. The truth is God said that sex inside marriage is beautiful, outside it's wrong. That's the truth. It doesn't change. The law of gravity doesn't change. I was listening to a pilot a number of years ago who was talking about how planes take off. Have you ever thought about that? How these tons of metal can fly through the air. It just blew my mind when I, when I think about it. And he said, when the plane goes down the runway, and as long as its wings are at a certain angle, and it hits a certain speed, it's going to take off. It has to take off. It's the law of flight. So it overcomes gravity, and it takes off and flies. Turn the motors off, and down she'll come because the law of gravity will come in. So, truth never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, right is right and wrong is wrong in God's sight. We can try and water that down, we can try and change that, and that's exactly what those religious leaders were doing, was changing things and watering it down so the truth wasn't coming through. And then... Lastly, truth is authoritative. In other words, it's reliable, valid and dependable. 
because God said it. And we can believe it and trust it. Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. It's good to know that. Because you see, if we bring it really home today, we can live lives that are lies to society. In other words, we can put on appearances. You know, you're here today and that's great and I want you to keep on coming, but what's really happening on the inside? What's your relationship with God? Because he looks at that. He doesn't look on what, what we do or what we say. He looks on the heart. He looks on the inside. And that's where the truth is. Are we really walking with God in the way that he wants us to? Are we really being honest with ourselves? You know, I've talked to many people who, over the years, who, who aren't honest with themselves. I was a prison chaplain for over five years, going all in southeast Queensland. And one guy came up to me one day and he said, you know, he said, I've learnt my lesson, I've given my life to Jesus and I'm following him, I'm starting up Bible studies. And I said, well, good on you, keep it going. But a month later, he went up on the charge of rape in the prison. You see, he said one thing, but he's doing something else. And God looks on the heart and he says, this is truth. It's absolute. It's from above. And Jesus was trying to say that to the people of that day. You know, you're making these vows, you're saying things, and, and you're, not, you're not going to keep them. You're just saying it to try and cover yourself, but it's not going to work because this is the truth. And he called them a bunch of hypocrites, and he called them fools, and, and leading the blind, and, and all those other adjectives that you want to read about in, in Matthew 23, because it goes on and on and on. Today as we come, we're thinking about what is truth? What is truth in, in your life? What, what's really happening in your life? Are you really doing what you say you're doing or what other people see you doing? Is that really where you are? Or are you living a fallacy? Only you and God knows that. But I just want to challenge you this morning as we ask that question, what is truth? Let's come before God in prayer.